everyone and welcome to season two episode two of the GoCast, brought to you by san luis valley great outdoors my name is tiara Guerreña, and today i'm talking with garrett marquez and amy brenneman from the boys and girls clubs of the san luis valley one of our slv generation wild partners let's get started I'm here today with garrett marquez and amy brenneman of the Boys and Girls Clubs yes, of the San world. Luis Valley. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, good morning. <laughs> so Garrett's been working at the club for almost three years now. Yep. Amy, you've been here for the past seven, eight months or so. Yeah, I started in August. Awesome. So I would love to hear from both of you a little bit about the organization and each of your roles here. Sure. So I started working at the Boys and Girls Club in 2018. It looked a lot different back then. There's a lot of similarities to what we're doing now. Uh, We always are just worried about giving kids a safe place after school to come and hang out, hone some skills, learn some new skills. So in that regard, it's always been the same, but the way that we do that and the staff that we have really just evolved over the past two and a half years. I run the Outdoor Adventure Program, so I take pride in just getting kids outside, making sure that I can see them in a different environment and see how they react when they're not forced to just be in a chair, but whenever they are actually kind of pushed to their limits and are on hikes and stuff like that, it's really cool to see kids in a different light. So that's kind of my role. It's definitely been a fun role, but it's been crazy and hectic and it's been a good two and a half years. What about you, Ains? Yeah, so I'm an AmeriCorps VISTA member, and I am in charge of marketing here at the club. And a lot of the kids know me as the picture lady because I just am always running around with my camera taking photos. And it's been such a great part of my job because a lot of the kids get really excited about the photos, and sometimes I let them take photos themselves. And it's actually like really nice getting to go outside with Garrett on his trips like getting pictures in the sun just looks so much better than getting pictures under fluorescent lights so yeah it's been really fun to work with him and work with the kids on these outdoor adventures nice how did the club come to be what's the history of the organization so the boys and girls club have been around for a hundred years I think we just celebrated BGCA, so Boys and Girls Club of America's 100-year anniversary. But um, it used to just be a boys' club until years later they finally became more inclusive and allowed it to become a boys' and girls' club where everybody was kind of welcome to spend their after-school time. And it also used to be much more of a legit club where you came here and you felt like you were almost like skull and crossbones or something like that where like it was... <laughs> you were a part of something. Now it's much more of an organization just for kids. But yeah, it used to be very kid-run. What they wanted to do is what they did. It it was meant to keep them safe and keep them out of trouble. Now we're much more worried about giving them 
things to do that are going to enrich their lives rather than just give them a place to be safe. We really want to give them skills and let them kind of grow into themselves here. It's also cool because unlike a school, we don't have grades. We don't have things that we're holding them accountable to that regard. It's much more just like bring what you have and that's good enough. So I really like the work we do. The organization in Alamosa kind of is one of the last survivors of after-school organizations. There used to be multiple places kids could go in the valley. And then as some of the other partners in the valley kind of left, that's why we became the Boys and Girls Club of the San Luis Valley rather than just of Alamosa. We wanted to provide a place for all kids of the valley to come. So we do. We pick up kids from La Jara every day. We have kids coming from Fort Garland. They're coming on Fridays sometimes. So we really are trying to just provide the entire valley a place and I guess I got away from the question, but <laughs> yeah, the organization has it's evolved many times, so it's hard to say exactly where it came and mm-hmm. where it's been the whole time. And it's, a, it's okay if you don't have the answer to this question, but when was the club founded? Our Alamosa, Alamosa Club or the Boys and Girls Club? Here in Alamosa. 20-some years ago. Yeah, I think it was in the 90s, late 90s. That's interesting. I wonder how much the club itself has changed, what it would have looked like to be here in the 90s. That's pretty different. I know, I feel like a big part of what we've been doing that's relatively newer too is a lot of like social emotional learning. So just as Garrett said, not just giving kids a place to be after school, but like we're helping them become better people and learn how to deal with a lot of their negative emotions and give them, we're like redirecting a lot of that into like the cultural arts or STEM activities or our outdoor adventure program. And I think that's probably a big difference than probably what had what it was like in the 90s. Yeah, I imagine that with all of the different programs and opportunities that you provide that you would run into some challenges. What's been one of your biggest challenges over the past year? And maybe that's a weird question because we were in a global pandemic this year, but what are some of the bigger challenges that you run into and how do you overcome those? Yeah, COVID definitely provided us with some challenges. It's hard to keep the trust of families when schools are shutting down and you're not allowed to go to a grocery store, but we still are remaining open and asking you to let your kid come. It's hard for parents to understand that we're doing everything in our power to make sure they're going to be safe and healthy and okay. So we had to rebuild that faith. We had to make sure that people still knew this was a safe place for your kids to come. We had to build new cleaning and making sure COVID wasn't going to become something that ravaged our club and made us shut down completely. So dealing with much smaller numbers, obviously like financially that's hard. We don't have the same amount of money coming in from families who are paying us to keep their, or to allow their kids to come here. It just, everything kind of came to not a halt, but slowed significantly. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard. But what was great was that where some people, like even schools had to shut down, that we never shut down completely, that we were always open to some extent I think allowed us to kind of never fully lose momentum. We kind of always kept pushing through COVID. It continued to get worse for a while and we were just, you know, trying our best just to stay open. And then as things kind of started to get under control or we just started to figure out new routines, we started to get our numbers back up. We started to get more program areas open and it's starting to get to the point where our numbers are not where they were before COVID, but at a comfortable rate where we have enough kids in the club that everything can run and be fun, 
but also few enough kids in the club that everybody can still remain safe and protect themselves from COVID or even just other sicknesses because it is. It's a lot of kids in a lot of small space, and so we have to do our part. Mm-hmm. That's awesome that you were able to keep the club open at least at least partially during yeah. the pandemic. That's important. Because at one point, all it was was just emergency child care for kids of nurses or school teachers or anything like that. And it was at a pretty... It was very small numbers it was five kids in the club at once and it was all we could do but at least we did that and Mm -hmm. I'm yeah I'm really proud that we still remained open yeah what does success look like for the organization and in your own work I think success at least for me as the marketing person is being able to illustrate the amazing things we do in a really clear, concise, accessible way on social media, on the website and everything. Because we do so many wonderful things here and I see it every day. Like, you know, two kids get into a fight, but then we have these amazing program staff that are able to like talk them through it. Like, okay, why were you angry? Like, what made you want to do that? And then they learn. And I just love being able to illustrate that and show everyone in our community what we're doing and how these kids are becoming better people because they're here. Yeah. No, Amy does great at that too. I think she's absolutely right where it's work that can go unseen if we didn't work really hard to make sure it was seen. So, I mean, even this podcast is cool because just getting another way of getting our voices out there is really nice. Success for me at the club especially just being the outdoor adventure director, is like seeing those kids in this new weird way whenever they get outside. It's really fun seeing a kid who maybe is really quiet or just reserved and doesn't want to participate in the common Boys and Girls Club activities. And then you might get them on a hike or doing archery or, you know, in the water or whatever. And they might just thrive. And it might be how they show their expertise or whatever it is to other kids. And so that's like my success. And it's little things. Uh, Remembering, like going swimming, seeing a kid who three years ago was just so terrified of water they wouldn't even come on a swim trip to, you know, taking a few steps and getting in the shallow end and then eventually like learning how to, whatever it is, it's just those little victories where you see one or two kids at a time make those huge strides. So yeah, it is. It's being really observant because it's things that you might go, oh yeah, whatever, we got some kids outside. That was fun. But if you really observe them and like see what's going on, you can see these kids really growing in a cool way. And with some of the opportunities that maybe we didn't have as kids, like we took some kids rafting and we took some kids on a, a summit of Mount Elbert and things like that where unless maybe you had parents who were really outdoor enthused or or friends who were willing to take adventures with you, you might have just not done those things through middle school and high school. And so, yeah, those are my successes. I just love seeing the smiles on kids' faces when they get out there and do something they thought they couldn't do. Yeah, I think it's, like, one of the most empowering things we do at the club. Because even when we do, like, the weekly trips that aren't as big, like archery or rock climbing, the kids feel so powerful and alive in a way that some of the other programs don't offer. Like, um, when I went and took pictures of rock climbing one day, I took a picture of a kid because he was super scared to get to the top. And I was like, but if you get to the top, I'll be able to take a picture and you can see how high you were and he did it he made it to the top and I was able to show him the photos afterwards and he just felt so amazing because he was like I did that there's evidence I did it and just some of the biggest smiles I see are on these the programs that Garrett does I love that that brought up an interesting question 
Amy, you're 24. Garrett, how old? 27. 27. I'm 22. So we all kind of grew up in the 90s, early 2000s. How do you see the difference between then and now, kids growing up when we were kids versus kids growing up today? And what are your thoughts on that? I think technology is a big part of it. Like almost every kid here has a phone. And I didn't get a phone until I was, I think, 13. But there's like really young kids who are have phones or they or have their own Chromebooks or iPads and they know how to use them. Sometimes they need my help in spelling, but like they know how to get to YouTube and what they want to look up on YouTube and stuff like that. And it's just obviously technology is a big part of my life now because of the age we're in, but also because of my marketing role but I never it wasn't that part big part of my life in my childhood so I think that's like probably the biggest difference I see yeah I could see a lot of differences there's definitely yeah technology and like growing up faster I think being able to access things on the internet and learn about them kind of like I do whenever I don't know something I'll just google it on my phone I think having that power as a you know, sixth grader or looking up homework questions and stuff and actually having a legit answer pop up on your screen. Like that's definitely just, that's powerful and different. But something funny is also just like constantly, I'm like, that's exactly what I would have done as a kid or that's exactly how I used to act. And so as many differences as there are, I still feel like kids are (laughs) the exact, like, you know what I mean? Like there's still, you're going to want to get yourself in trouble just to see where those boundaries are. You're going (laughs) to want to, you know, push the limits because it's just more exciting and fun that way so there are there's some definitely big challenges around technology and um and like I said like growing up too fast these kids just want to act like a teenager when they're eight and you're like just live your life man just enjoy being eight so uh yeah it's pretty similar I think like there's still I see myself a lot in a lot of kids still especially like some of the girls who are a little bossier I'm like, that was me when I was a kid, so you have a special place in my heart now because you're bossy. That's still you, Amy. Don't say that. (laughs) Cut the cameras. (laughs) Do you see those differences and similarities in the outdoors, how kids interact with the environment and the world around them versus how you might have as a kid? Yeah, it's different for each kid. There's definitely some that are, like, so afraid of the outdoors And I think that probably does deal with, like, I can figure out everything I need to figure out inside. (laughs) You know, like, Mm. yeah, you can't. You can't experience it. You can read about it. You could watch videos about it. But it's still not quite the same. So I think there's some kids who just, like, have an almost irrational fear of taking these risks outdoors and stuff. And it makes me kind of sad. I'm like, where did you gain this fear so young? Like, why does this already push you away? And then... On the opposite end of the spectrum, there's kids who are just ready for, like, the outdoors. And it makes me excited because I think maybe I would have been there, but I didn't have, like, a Boys and Girls Club Outdoor Adventure program to get me, you know, started. So I think I probably started to reach that in, like, high school whenever I started snowboarding and doing more things just with my friends because we were finally, like, old enough to drive and do those things with our, by ourselves. But um, it's really, really cool some of the kids I think maybe if they hadn't had this experience they might fall into that I'm scared of the outdoors I I don't know what it's like so I don't want to experience it but because we got them young enough and because they're still like they're like a a blank template like they didn't have a fear or a love of the outdoors so we got to kind of decide it for them like here's some really cool outdoor experiences did you like it and they're like absolutely like let's do another one so I think we're kind of some kids they'll always 
give us some pushback and kind of feel like this just wasn't me. I'd much rather be inside. I want to go do some art with Miss Fawn. And I'm like, absolutely, I feel you. Let's do it. Um, but other ones, I'm like, it's awesome seeing that. I don't know if you would have been an outdoorsy person unless you had started really young. And I think that it's going to build something and they'll it'll grow as they get older. So there's definitely best of both worlds. Well, I really like the diversity of Garrett's programs because, like, if a kid is scared of water, if that doesn't mean they can never go on any outdoor programs because we've got so many options. Or if they don't think they can do a hike that's super long, well, you can still do archery and just like little things like that. And so I think we can, with all of the device programming that we have, we really have something for everyone. So even if there is something that a kid is uncomfortable with or doesn't want to try, that we still have something that they can do and feel empowered by and get excited about. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It sounds like you have a lot of different moving pieces. For someone who's never been to the club or participated, what does a day in the life here look like? Due to COVID, the schools don't drive our kids in their buses anymore. It just got to the point where we're close enough to the school, to the elementary school, we can just grab them. So we pick our kids up about two, all the way up to three, because they're kind of a staggered once you get here, you're going into your different program areas. So our program areas are art, science, technology, education, or engineering and mathematics, so our STEM program. We have a technology program, and then we have a HEAL, so healthy eating and active living, and that lives in our gym. So out of those four places, each kid will go to one of those rooms and kind of get started. They get served a snack, and then they kind of jump into their program with that person. And then for the outdoor program, I come back at 4.30. I pick up kids from La Jara and bring them back. And then that's when we kind of gear up at 5 to go and do an activity. So my activities are sign-ups so that no matter what group you're in, you have an opportunity to still come on some outdoor adventure trips. We try to do some consistent programming where like every Tuesday is climbing so that kids know if I didn't get to go this Tuesday, there's always going to be another opportunity. Um, and then other programs are more kind of a one-and-done type of thing or a, a once-a-month type of thing. So we go swimming sometimes or we might go fishing. And, yeah, so a day at the club is kind of different every single day. Fridays are full days. We have our kids all day long, which allows us to do a lot more. So those are the days we might go, you know, somewhere that you have to drive two hours to get to. We've done the Pueblo Zoo. We've gone to Springs and things like that. So the day in the club is... That's what I kind of like about this job. If it got too repetitive and monotonous, I think I would not enjoy it. But because every day kind of feels like a new little adventure and you got to figure out what we're going to do, it, it keeps it fresh. It keeps it fun. Yeah, even on the trips that you do once a week, sometimes it'll be a whole new batch of kids going mm-hmm. on it. And that can totally change the archery lesson or the rock climbing. Yeah. No, I do love that. Like sometimes the kids that have come before start to take a leadership role. And we'll start like, no, 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 this is, that's not safe, man. Put your harness on this way. And it's really fun (laughs) to see them start to be like, I've done this before. So now I'm taking ownership over it. And I'm going to teach the new person how to do it correctly or how I do it, whatever it is. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's fun. That's awesome. Are there any big sort of myths or reoccurring questions that you get about the club? Just something that people seem confused about or have questions about that you would want to answer here? I think sometimes people think that we are just a daycare facility, 
Which, yes, like, we do provide a place when kids aren't in school, a safe place where they can come and have supervision and everything. But we just provide so much more than that because we have these structured programs and they have the opportunities to switch programs. So just because you're in cultural arts one week doesn't mean you can't do STEM the next week. And so we really provide so many learning opportunities. And like I said earlier, that I think that social emotional learning is such a big part of what all the program staff does too, regardless of their program areas. And so just so much learning goes on here that it's just, it's so much more than just a daycare facility or a place to come and be safe. That kind of goes along with all the field trips that Garrett does too like the archery lessons or rock climbing, you know, we're really empowering kids in a variety of different ways here. Yeah. I don't know. I can't really think of any questions I want to address, but like Amy was saying earlier, like if we can get that voice out, that the pictures and the videos and the different ways of showing what we're doing, I think that's why I feel better about that. I don't have any questions to address with that. I feel like we're, we're doing a better job of allowing the community to see what we do, how we do it, who our staff are, Things like this are cool and that now some people will know our voices and, you know, feel, maybe feel more comfortable coming and approaching Amy or I and asking us questions about the club. So it is that. It's just a long, slow process of letting them know what we're all about. And I think we've been doing that really well in the past year. So no, I don't, I don't think I have anything that no misconceptions right now. I wanted to interview both of you because Garrett you're from Alamosa right? right and Amy you're from Oregon you're mm-hmm. you're an AmeriCorps volunteer and so you probably have kind of different perspectives on the valley and what it's like to live here I'd like to hear a little bit about that what's it like having grown up here Garrett and then working with kids who are also growing up here and Amy what was it like to move here and start working with kids who you might not have been familiar with? Sure. I think kids, you know, are kids. Obviously, they all have different home lives and everything, but the kids in Oregon aren't going to be crazy different than the kids here. They've all got, you know, their kid logic when they're trying to problem solve and everything. For me, a lot of it is just, for example, living in Oregon. I'm from a similar size, small town, but we're also super close to a bunch of cities and Portland, the capital, or Portland's not the capital, Salem's the capital, but <laughs> Salem, the capital is only like 20 minutes away. Portland, which is the biggest city there, is only like an hour and 20 minutes away. So I think that's like one of the biggest difference is that even though it was a small town, I just feel so connected with all the other towns and cities along the West Coast. And here, Alamosa is the biggest town in the valley and it's not that big. And I think that's like something I've had to adjust to. You can't just be like, oh, just pop over to Salem and get what you need or whatever. Or there's like trampoline parks that are way closer or just things like that. So it feels like a lot of it just has to do with being in a small town that's also the biggest and kind of we almost I feel like we almost have like a leadership kind of in the valley because of we're the biggest one here. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about what it's like to be an AmeriCorps member, too. I know the club and a lot of Gen Wild partners have a pretty big AmeriCorps base. Mm-hmm. What's your experience been like so far? I love it. You know, saying it's a volunteer role is so interesting because it is, it's essentially, it's a full-time job. So I don't always feel like I'm, you know, doing a service role or anything like that. But it's given me such amazing experience. And coming here to the Valley, to Alamosa, 
I just want to use that experience to get a job so I can stay here because I've fallen in love with it. And I'm so thankful that I was an AmeriCorps member because I would never have just moved to Alamosa, a small town in a desert in southern Colorado from Oregon if it hadn't been for AmeriCorps and finding a position just in a small town somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, new adventure. And so I'm just, I'm really thankful for the opportunity because like, yeah, I never would have done it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yep, I concur. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in Alamosa, lived here my whole life. I went to school in Fort Collins, and that was kind of my perspective-giving time of my life. Like, it gave me a lot of perspective on living in the valley. So I agree with you, and I disagree with you. (laughs) Whenever I was student teaching in Fort Collins, I do see a difference in, like, the kids in different areas. So I don't know why. I, I, I won't go into, like, super details, but... I just always felt like the kids I was teaching compared to the kids I went to school with, like for lack of a better word, they like weren't my people. Like I always felt kind of like the outsider or like I couldn't quite relate to them like I could or like I wanted to. And so coming back to Alamosa and teaching for the first three years I was back, it did. It kind of clicked again where I'm like, these are the families I know. And like these are the types of families I grew up around and like that my friends came from and my family is. So It just felt so much more familiar and comfortable and not even in like a, I don't like being uncomfortable. It felt more comfortable in that like I could teach these kids things because the things I'm saying are resonating with them in a real way that's not just kind of superficial. So yeah, Alamosa has a weird heart to it. Like you connect to it and it just kind of becomes part of you. Do you think it's like a difference between small town and city or? I think that was definitely part of it for sure. Like having to figure out your own fun and having mm-hmm. to, you know, navigate your own life or else you're just bored all the time mm-hmm. compared to having things around you that you can be like, we're just going to go to the mall this Saturday and yeah. that's our activity. No, yeah, I'm from a super small town and what we, we would just, when we got our driver's license, we would just drive around the countryside and call it UFO hunting. Yeah. <laughs> and that just Cruising. feels so country to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I also grew up in a small town and it's been interesting to see even the difference between because I was an AmeriCorps member last year. It's been interesting to see the difference between the AmeriCorps volunteers who come here having grown up in big cities versus those who grew up in places kind of like Alamosa and how they interact with this place and how it feels to them being here after a while. I know a lot of my city raised friends get restless really quickly and mm-hmm. it's just funny it's interesting to see i want to keep talking about you both i want to hear if you could go back in time and tell yourself tell your eight-year-old self anything what would you tell you them I'd probably say something along the lines of like just chill out who cares because <laughs> like I mean I think this is a thing that a ton of like middle school age and like high school and maybe even earlier too where I just remember I cared so much what other people think to the point of like I was just insecure all the time because I was so worried about it and now that I've just I've gone through college and it's like nobody cares nobody's thinking about you (laughs) and if somebody doesn't like your outfit then you shouldn't be hanging out with them anyway because they suck and your outfit's cool (laughs) but it's probably something along those lines because I was very insecure especially when I got to that like puberty age and everything which I I mean I think that's really common but I'm just so like uh, this is what I love about the club like 
I love making just a fool of myself and like all the kids think I'm such a dork but I love doing it anyway like the other day these girls were trying to film like a TikTok dance video and I kept like jumping in behind them and doing just like the weirdest dance moves I could try to do and they just think I'm the biggest dork but I'm like I don't care I'm fun and (laughs) so I'm glad that I've been able to come to that conclusion but I just wish I could have come to that conclusion so much earlier in life yeah I feel you mine would probably be pretty similar something like I guess I always thought as a kid that like there was a natural rhythm to life where I was like as I get to this age I will start doing this and I don't make my bed but that's because I'm only seven once I'm eight I'll you know whatever (laughs) it was like I thought that there was like checkpoints to life that as you get older you'll start doing this and Mm -hmm. as you get older you'll get this job and you'll meet this so yeah just going back and being like there's no answers like don't don't expect things to kind of pop up in front of you and be like here Garrett have this awesome job and go and tell myself at eight to like get out there and make it happen because I think I was kind of expecting things to happen Mm. um, rather than making the moves so that they did happen Mm -hmm. and I think I probably just came up on that realization like in the last couple years you know it's hard to continue to think that something's gonna happen and then when it doesn't you're like why isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good one yeah I asked Seth and Allie this question last time if you could have a billboard coming into Alamosa with anything on it what would you put on it Mine would be, it would revolve around outdoor rec. I might not do something like with the club because that's so geared towards kids. And I think where Alamosa is really growing and is going to become a really cool space to live and bring people in is our outdoor rec. Mm -hmm. So I think it would probably surround kind of like all the opportunities we have in Alamosa and that we're kind of beefing up the ways we can use our river and we're building new trails and like, We're making our town an outdoor hub that people are going to want to come and spend time here. That's really, like, So is your sign just going to be, like, go outside? I don't even know, yeah. (laughs) Or just, like, a collage of all the cool things you could do in Alamosa. Uh I I think people only think it's, like, the sand... Like, a tourist, sometimes they're like, oh, like, you guys are known for the sand dunes. I guess I'll go hike the dunes. And you're like, go do this and that. And like, there's a thousand things. Go rent a a fat bike from Christie's and go biking on our trails. Like you could just do so much. And I think people don't realize that. So I think we're like the next Salida. We're the next, you know, outdoor Mm -hmm. recreation place that people are really going to start to flock to. I think we're on the brink of that. And I would want to share that out. I took a really cool picture of Garrett the other day doing archery. So I put that on the billboard and I'd probably just do something similar. Go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to see a billboard with Garrett up on there doing archery. Right? I think it's a really good idea. I think that'd be pretty cool. Go outside. Sponsored by the Boys and Girls Club. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Is there anything else that you would like to add or put out on the radio waves? <laughs> the Here's internet? picture. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. It's a great picture. <laughs> As we get ready for summer, we got a lot of summer programming coming up. And our average daily attendance is probably sitting around 60 to 70 kids per day. So we're going to open up to 100 kids this summer. That's going to give some more families opportunities to get their kids here if they have work or if they just want their kids to be able to do some really, really awesome programs this summer. So I think that's my last shout out is, I mean, here, let me give you a rundown of like what we got going 
This summer we're going to be doing a lot of swimming trips, fishing trips, stand-up paddleboard trips. We're going to be biking. We're going to summit a mountain at the end of this summer. We'll do some hikes. We're climbing. Like, it's just going to be kind of nonstop. And even if your kids can't come every single day or they're only going to come for one week, whatever it is, I would just encourage families in our community to check us out. If you need to come and take a tour at the club or something, call us and set that up and come see if this is a place that you could fit into and become part of our little community that we've built because I think we would be really happy to have you. Absolutely. And speaking of that summer program, registration is now available. You can go to bgcslv.org and find the signups there. Yeah, and yeah, like Garrett said, you don't have to have been a member this whole time. You can start anytime. That's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you both for your time. Yeah. And it's always good to see you, my dear friends. Thanks for coming out to you. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the GoCast. Once again, you can learn more about the Boys and Girls Clubs of the San Luis Valley at bgcslv.org or find them on the SLV Gen Wild website, slvgenwild.com. The GoCast is brought to you by San Luis Valley Great Outdoors. We'll be back next time with more awesome partnerships from around the valley as part of our series on the San Luis Valley Generation Wild Coalition. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. I'm Tiara Grania, and I did the interviewing and production for this episode. Our executive director is Mick Daniel. Special shout out to the SLV Go staff, Patrick, Ellie, and Danny. Love you guys. You can learn more about the San Luis Valley Great Outdoors at slvgo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Opening music by Patrick Ortiz. The rest, you guessed it, I found on the internet. Thanks again and see you next time.